Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. It's time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go. Kickoff. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's Nose Home Improvement. And we are back. It is the divisional round edition of Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Booms, how you doing, buddy? You know, I'm doing great, Mike, and I got to congratulate you. Five and one on your picks last week. Which pick out of the five out of the six that you got right are you most proud of? Rams. Nobody wanted them. I, <laughs> I know they were ugly, but, but you know, we took the three. We get the cover. Lions still win, so the people are happy. I'd say the Rams. Yeah, what I about actually, you? Uh, well, I picked the Rams as well, so I thought the Lions would win. I think we both said that last week. So yes. I was three and three. The one that I was really disappointed in, and we'll get into it, I'm sure, is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles and just their deplorable uh, p- p- performance. And this was a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. You're segueing right into it. We're, we'll go run down. We're going to go through each of the teams, hit the winners and losers, some storylines, obviously picks. We got a coach in carousel later. But Boomer mentioned it, so we're going we're gonna to lead with my favorite place, Philadelphia. Let, let's hear it. Let's go to the rundown. The NFL Rundown. Boomer, a simple question. Obviously, the Bucks win and win big. Do the Philadelphia Eagles enjoy playing football for money? Because it sure doesn't look like it. What, what was that? Well, you know, it's a couple things that happened in this game. Number one, the Eagles secondary was terrible. They're, they're tackling, they're missed tackles, their uh, faux attempted tackling was about as bad as you're going to see in a playoff game. You know, I, I, you could sit here and we could talk about some of the other playoff games with the way that certain teams play, but things happen in those games while, right. you know, you can explain those. This, this one I can't explain. And the other thing that I can't explain is whether or not the offense for the Eagles were prepared for the blitz that the Bucks were going to show them. And it didn't look like to me that Jalen Hurts had the answers. Now, I don't know if Jalen Hurts was not throwing it and not seeing it correctly or he wasn't given the game plan to handle that. Hold on. And you know. We talked last week on this show about this, and I said to you, the Eagles against the Blitz have been horrific all 
year. See, this is the problem with Sirianni, is this loyalty to Brian Johnson, and they stuck with it, and it's like they never changed. And you're right, Boomer. Bowles is going to blitz you 41% of the time. And the Eagles are like, wow, this is surprising. Boomer, they weren't prepared. There was no effort. There was no passion. And it leads you to how the hell does Sirianni still have a job? I mean, his product went toxic. So, Mike, I can only give you one example. There was one year where I didn't have the answers. And, you know, I would try to manufacture answers as the game was going on so I could at least let my teammates know that the ball could be coming to them if the defense was doing a certain thing. And that was the 95 Jets. That was me as a a veteran quarterback with a very young team with an offense that made no sense. I, I will tell you that. For the most of my career, whether it be Jim Fossil or Bruce Coslett, I always had answers for blitzes, and we were always prepared for them, and you knew where you had to throw the ball. What what I saw against the Buccaneers from the Eagles' offense was just inexcusable, and Nick Sirianni is an offensive coach. Correct. And I don't know why it looked the way that it did, and I can't believe that Nick Sirianni would put his quarterback out there without the answers. So then that takes me back to Jalen Hurts. Did he just play poorly? Did he just lose interest? Did he just not read the defenses correctly? So some of it is coaching, of course, but some of it has got to be coming from the player too. And I wonder about that locker room, and I wonder about their confidence in their quarterback. Well, listen, it's all of it. It is all of it. And the fact that they've given Sirianni the vote of confidence and he's staying – uh, it's got to get fixed quick or he, he won't make it to Halloween next year. Let's go to the Cowboys. Um, we all know what the Packers did. You and I like the Packers getting the seven. But the Cowboys, another embarrassment. Now, this is the third straight 12-win season, third straight year to a one-and-done in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know how Mike McCarthy returns. I just don't. It makes no sense to me. I need you to explain it. Just help me understand it. Yeah, I know you're one of the guys that you know are advocating you know firing him. I'm I'm not one of those guys. I I because I appreciate how difficult it is, and I gotta appreciate how difficult it must be to work for the Jones family and Jerry Jones in particular, and how impetuous and impatient he seems to be because he gives out interviews every single week. And I can't imagine being a head coach working in that environment. Maybe that's why you know Jason Garrett lasted that long because he was able to put up with that kind of stuff. And I think Mike McCarthy is one of those guys too. But listen, here's the thing. If you fire him, you are now taking away the coach that has brought the best out in your quarterback, and your quarterback was in the MVP running until week 17 this year. And that quarterback had his best year. He's in his prime. And I bet you, I guarantee you, that in the exit interviews with the players, they all advocated for Mike to keep his job. Here's the problem that I have now with the current set of circumstances with the Cowboys. Okay, he's going to keep his job. He's got one year left. He's going to be right. a lame duck head coach. You can't do that to him. So I got to believe that Jerry Jones is at least going to give him a two-year extension. You but cannot let him go into the last year of his contract without protection on the back end of it. No, and you're 100% right, but that's my point. I'm never extending this man. Listen, it's one thing to have all these pretty stats and do all this stuff in the regular season. Boomer, you know the drill, and we're going to talk about it with Lamar. If you don't win in the playoffs, nothing matters. So if you're Mike McCarthy, okay, great. You know, you've taught Dak a cool saying at the line of scrimmage and, and you put up some empty calories in the regular season. Mm. You, you can't win in the playoffs. Yeah, I know, but that it's, was, not, it's not empty calories. Those games mean something. Those players go out there, they bust their ass to get to the point where they get into the playoffs. And, you know, yeah, he went haywire, threw a bad pick to Darnell Savage. He read it perfectly. 
and it kind of let the game spiral out of control. Now, on the other side, how about the problems that Dan Quinn and their defense had stopping Aaron Jones Big in the time. running game of the Packers? Now, that's what happens when you lose linebackers to injury. And we're going to be talking about San Francisco and their linebackers and what a different set of circumstances that they will present to the Packers than the Cowboy defense did for them last week. So I think they caught the Cowboys at the right time with the right amount of injuries. And Jordan Love certainly played one of the best games of his young career. Go to the Lions. Uh, Lions-Rams, it was an incredible football game, 24-23. Best environment I've seen. Uh, It was incredible. The people of Detroit, you could tell what it meant the way it sounded, but the difference in the game, I wanted to get your take on this. One is like it, it's the ultimate Jared Goff power stat. Jared Goff with a clean pocket in this football game was 22-22. When he got pressured, he was 0-5. The story of the game was the Rams simply could not put any form of pressure on the Lions. And the other thing was Dan Gamble, with our affectionate nickname we've got for Dan Campbell, which is the dice roll. You know, he went for it on fourth down, didn't want to settle for the three. It was the Laporta touchdown. McVay had to settle for field goals, played conservatively. McVay didn't go for it on the fourth and 14 late. It was a couple of those little gambles, and the second down pass late. I'm not going to run it when you think I'm running it. We're going to get this first down, and we're going to go victory formation. Um it was just impressive all around. I wanted your takeaway on all three of those things. Well, I think the game really reflected Dan Campbell as a head coach. I think it also reflected Ben Johnson as the offensive coordinator and the trust that they do have in Jared Goff. And one thing that I loved about the way that the game ended was when Dan Campbell handed the game ball to Jared Goff in front of his teammates and yeah. and really made a big deal about what had transpired between him and Sean McVay. So – that was great. It was great to see that and, you know, love the fact that the Lions won. Uh, we both picked the Rams to cover, but we both thought the Lions would win the game. Uh, I could not believe what the atmosphere was like. And that atmosphere <laughs> is real. I'm telling you, it is real. It's I know real. it is. It's real at Arrowhead. It's real at uh, up at, um, you know, Buffalo. It's real. And at Gillette Stadium, it was real. It's going to be real in Baltimore. It's going to be real in San Francisco. And that's why I think this week as we get to that game, uh, it's a real advantage now for the Detroit Lions, and they are healthy. And the one thing that I was also glad to see was Laporta was on the field. I, we didn't think yeah. he was going to play. No, he got out there, and you know what? Look, I know statistically he didn't get targeted a whole bunch. I think you could tell he was limited, but you know where he was impactful, Boomer, to running game? This is where he's kind of like a baby Rob Gronkowski, a two-way tight end, pulling him across the formation, cracking down, sealing guys, he was great in the running game. Like it, People nationwide, if they don't know, they're going to learn. Sam Laporta is your next great tight end in this league. He's he's really good, man. You know, the other thing I want to take out of this game, and I don't want to lose sight of it, is the yeah. way that Matthew Stafford played. And He's a you know, warrior. He is a warrior. He got hit a number of times, got back up, continued to play. Uh, hopefully he feels like he's got a new you know, a lease on life because I, nobody expected them to go where they went to this year. And I'd like to I'd like to see him be there for another couple of years with Sean McVay, make him run it back. They're going to have a good team again next year. Uh, they'll make some you know additions this year because Les Need and Sean McVay tend to be really really aggressive in that regard. So I think they get one more really good shot with Matthew Stafford at making it back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think one note and I, hey, listen, he's still a good player, but Aaron Donald's not the same guy. He just that is not the. I, I mean, you watch every snap of that game. 
you really didn't know if Aaron Donald played. Part of that's a credit to the Lions O-line, but part of it is, I think, Father Time starting to take its toll a little bit. Um, Bills, Steelers, just quick note, Steelers, what the hell are they doing at the quarterback position? I mean, what kind of move are they going to make here? Well, according to Mike Tomlin, Kenny Pickett's going to be the starter going into the offseason. Um, who knows? You never know what happens when the draft comes around. You never know who's going to be available when your team is picking, whether or not you're going to trade up. Uh, they may fall in love with another quarterback in this very deep quarterback class coming out in this uh, in this draft. So you you never know what may happen when that when that when that comes around. So what he says now. You know, I kind of take that with a grain of salt, and I want to see where they are after the draft, after free agency is over with. They're not going after a high-priced quarterback in free agency. I don't see that. That's not who the Steelers are. So they'll have Mason Rudolph back. They'll have Kenny Pickett back. I think that Mitch Trubisky will be out on the street. Well, thank God. Uh, Bills, we're going to get to more of them later. But, again, they took some massive injury hits in this game, specifically in the middle of the defense, secondary level. Uh, it's going to be part of what we talk about against the Chiefs. They got it done, but the Bills still on offense. It disappears. It kind of goes in waves. They, they are up 21 nothing. you got a stranglehold on the game. All of a sudden, here are the Steelers, chance to tie. And you're going, where have you been? They got the drive late. I still like the Bills, but the, the consistency is still the issue. Let's get to the Texans. Incredible year. Uh, we bought, I liked the Texans last week. I never expected them to do what they did, but how is CJ Stroud doing this from one quarterback to another? Okay. How is this happening? I mean, it's amazing what he's doing, but I will say Joe, uh, Flacco helped throwing two pick sixes that helps. And then all of a sudden now the quarterback and his decision-making is limited. Both Jordan love and CJ Stroud had the exact same stats. They only attempted 21 passes. And the reason they only attempted 21 passes is because the opposing quarterbacks played so poorly. And their offense was explosive. They were accurate. Uh, They moved around a little bit, made some big plays down the field. This Nico Collins seems to be unstoppable right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And D'Amico Ryans, uh, we cannot discount what he is doing for the Texans' defense. Bobby Slowick, offensive coordinator, great. Uh, all the poise and all the accuracy with C.J. Stroud, the toughness, the size, we all love it. But D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick deserve a lot of credit for the way that the defense is playing for D'Amico and the way the offense is playing for Slowick. And this is why I think Bobby Slowick has probably got a good chance of getting the Titans job. You know, if you hire him as the Titans head coach, you now lessen the Houston Texans moving forward and you get this 49er Miami Dolphin offense in your own building, and you could do that yeah. with your young quarterback. Yeah, I think the two OCs that are really guys to watch are going to be Slowick and Ben Johnson, Lions OC, which I think the commanders want badly, but we'll get to that later in the show. Let's go to the Chiefs. Um, they get it done, but again, it had vibes of the Tampa Eagles game. Dolphins just didn't show up. Dolphins did nothing right. And I know the weather, wah. You're talking to two guys. One is in New York, one's in Detroit. Mm. You're not going to get sympathy from us. But here's the thing. Let's have the two a conversation for a second. Boomer, they can't hand – I know at his height the numbers are great. But, Boomer, what are you doing with two a long term? You can't hand him a $200 million contract. I don't you? think you can either, but I think you got to give him a four-year contract extension. Probably going to be somewhere between 35 and $40 million. He's better than Daniel Jones. They overpaid for him here in New York, but that's where yep. all these quarterbacks are going to be starting. They're going to be looking at his contract and saying, that's where I'm starting. 
hey, look, they need a home field advantage. Their defense was decimated with injuries. They were picking up guys off the end of the street. The one thing I do like about what Vic Fangio did do is that he blitzed a lot at Patrick Mahomes, especially in the red zone, forcing them to field goals, which kept the game close. But Tua is not a cold-weather player. They need home field advantage or they have to play in a dome if they're going to get even close to the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And like I said, the Chiefs, Bills, that's going to be a mainstay of segment three. Chiefs, look, they did what they needed to do. They got out of there with a win. The defense plays great. I will just tell you, and and we'll we'll get more of this later, I have a hard time believing you're just going to stop everybody all the time when you're not turning people over. They've only forced 17 turnovers on the year, but they got it done. And we're going to have a deep dive into that game. We're going to get into all these games. It's the beauty of the show as we get later in the year. Take our time a little bit. We'll spend some time on each of these games. Got a coaching carousel for you guys. Boomer's going to accurately predict every vacancy (laughs) so you don't have to do any thinking. So sit tight. Let me tell you about Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequila. The Reposado, Añejo, Blanco, Cristalino, or the Mezcal. I mean, a little tequila by the fire in the wintertime. Casamigos tequila brought to you by those who drink it. And Casamigos tequila reminds you, as always, please celebrate responsibly. <laughs> 